Hey, welcome to High School Ministry. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, We are starting a new series tonight. As you can see, it's called uh, How To. Raise your hand if you know somebody in your life like this. Uh, They just always want to tell you what to do. They want to tell you what you should be doing. If If you know someone like that, raise your hand. If they're in the room with you, point to them and shame them. No, 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 don't. No, 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 no. I forgot there's parents in the room. Definitely don't want to don't do that. Um, no, we, we all have that person who, you know what you should do? You should do this instead of th- this other thing you're doing. You're like, hey, thank you so much for telling me what I should do. Uh, and if you're that person, you tend to tell people what they should do. A little bit of advice. This is before we even get to the biblical part. So whether you love Jesus or your heart is far from him, just be cautious in how much you tell people what they should do. Um, just, just maybe pull back a little bit on that front. Uh, the reality is most of us know what we should do. When someone comes to tell you, hey, you should be doing this, you probably already know, uh, but you just have failed to do so for whatever reason. I think part of the reason sometimes is we just don't know how to do it. Like maybe, this is an example, this is not my notes, but I thought about this. Uh, I remember uh, in 10th grade geometry, I missed the day that they taught sine, cosine, tangent. Thank you. See, I told you I missed the day. And... I missed that day. <laughs> I never understood it for the rest of high school. It was like the one time Coach Moore taught this thing, and I just, I, I never understood it. And so when it would show up, I would just kind of muddle my way through, but I was a little bit embarrassed to admit that I didn't know how to do this thing that everyone else knew how to do. And maybe that's a really silly example. Maybe you've not been there, but, but sometimes we just don't know how to do something. We know we should know how to do something. Uh, maybe adults in the room there's gaps in your knowledge, and the more you live, the more you realize, oh, I, I probably should have learned that 20 years ago, but I didn't for whatever reason. Uh, and you just don't know how to do something. And so my advice to you, as you're looking for a church, and if that's here at Brookwood or one day when you go somewhere else, if you ever go to a church and you're being told what you should do and there's no practical application of how you should do it, that's probably not a great church for you to be a part of. And I, I know exactly what I'm saying. I'm throwing down that gauntlet right before I get ready to teach. So if you walk out of here today and you're like, I have no idea how to do the things that you're talking about, come talk to me. That, that's a problem. Um, and, and maybe some of that is paying attention, like dialing in, but some of that should be clear communication. Being in church should be more than a pep talk that makes you feel good about you. There should be some practical application of the Bible. I picked a theme verse for this series. Uh, it comes from James, which is my favorite book of the Bible. And if you stick around this fall, we're going to walk verse by verse through the book of James Uh, because I think it is intensely practical and helpful, but it says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. If you come week after week and you hear Birch or Perry or me or whoever speak, and then you walk out and you don't put into practice, you don't actually do those things, you're fooling yourselves. That's, That's not beneficial. It doesn't help you really in any way. But sometimes we, we go, I, I heard what I should be doing, but I, I don't really know how to get there. And that's the whole point of this series. We're going to spend four weeks talking about how do we practically learn to begin taking some of these steps. And tonight we're going to talk about how to connect, how to connect. Now, if you are an introvert in the room, I'm going to ask you to do something kind of crazy. Raise your hand if you're an introvert. I, I understand the irony of what I'm asking for. Okay. This series is also for you. Like, even if you're the person who goes to a party and, like, you're in the corner petting the dog, you're like, yeah, this animal is way better than people. Uh, a lot of people are like, yes, that's me. Uh, this, this is for you, too. You do need to connect with other human beings, okay? I love animals. 
I think they're great, but you need to connect with people. And, and extroverts in the room who, like, you never meet a stranger. That's me. I could talk the ears off of anybody. Um, there is still some intentionality that's required for us. We need to learn how to connect with people. If you've been a part of our ministry for any amount of time, back when it was called Crave, now we're called high school ministry, just to have that officially out there. Yeah, I hear that, boo. Okay, it is what it is. All right. Your boos nourish me. I'm not worried about that. Um, <laughs> you've heard me say this. Those of you who have graduated, you've been here for years. And so don't help the young people in the room. What is the first thing in the Bible that is pronounced to be not good? Like if you think back to the creation account, God creates this on this day and says it's good. He creates this, says it's good. What's the first thing that's not good? Somebody said sin. And that is where most people go. Genesis chapter 3, the fruit in the garden. That's not the first thing in the Bible that's pronounced to be not good. You have to go back. Man being alone, that's right. That's, that's a veteran who's been around. I go to this verse a lot. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who's just right for him. If it wasn't good for Adam all those many, 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 many years ago, it's not good for you today. You don't need to be alone. There's no such thing as a lone wolf Christian. We need to connect. But how do we do that? We're going to talk about some of that tonight. If you've got a handout, they were in the back, uh, your first fill-in is this. I am created for community. I am created for community. You saw that in the verse about Adam. It's true of the early church that we're going to look at tonight, and it's true for us. You're not meant to live in isolation. And for me, I think one of the biggest obstacles coming out of the last couple years is that isolation that so many of us felt, being disconnected from the people that we love. And you were probably stuck at home with people that you love, and that's good, but after a while, you're like, I need more than just these three people, um, you're created for community. You need to be with people. Now, you can be in a room full of people like this and be all alone. You can go through the motions. You can fake it. We need to work on really connecting because we were created for community. Here's another popular verse that we go to a lot. It comes from Proverbs 27. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And it's quite possible that you are very dull. And I don't mean that you're boring or uninteresting. It just means some of us don't have anybody who's challenging us, sharpening us, pushing us to grow. And if you think about your closest group of friends, if you don't have somebody who at least some of the time is calling you on your stuff, it's time to reevaluate that inner circle of friends. Hey, my graduates who are going off to whatever's next for you, work, college, immediately find these people. As quickly as you can, find these people. You freshmen who are starting high school, maybe you're leaving some friends, you're moving to a new school, find these people who can help sharpen you. Your community, the people you're connected with, will largely shape the course of your life. Tonight, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. If you have one of our house Bibles that you grabbed in the back, that's page 876. I think there's nothing more embarrassing. You're like, I don't really know where that book of the Bible is. So 876, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. We're just going to look at a few verses together tonight. And if you've got the handout, you see I've got how to connect. There's four blanks. And we're going to get actually all of those from the very first verse. And so we'll look at some of the rest of it for context. But Acts 2.42 is kind of the central landing point tonight. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 
So for context, this is right after, like, Jesus has just ascended back to heaven. A little bit of time has passed. The Holy Spirit is here. Pentecost has come, and the disciples, the believers, are doing these things. So I'm going to highlight them for you as we go. First, how to connect. Church. Church. You're like, ah, I see what you're doing here. This is your plug to try to get me to come every week. You care about your numbers. I really don't. But I do, but I don't. Like, I don't care about numbers for numbers' sake. No one is sitting up there in that main building going, Kevin, your numbers aren't looking very good. So we're going to have to take a pay cut. No, that's not how it works. But I do want people here because I believe what we do here matters. Like, I think it's good, but I'm not after numbers for numbers' sake. But you go back to that verse. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they got together. Someone opened God's word and taught from it. That's important. And hear me, if Brookwood's not the right place for you, Find somewhere that is. Now, I want you to be here. I think we've got great volunteers. We've got great staff. I think we do fun, cool stuff. But if this isn't the right fit, please find a place that is. Find some people who love Jesus who can help push you to love Jesus as well. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were in church. Jesus actually said, if, if you remember this, that he would build his church. That's not something that is dependent upon me or Perry or anybody. Jesus said, I'll build the church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. The word church that, that we translate is, actually means the gathering, the assembly. It's not a gymnasium that we meet to have a service in. The church is the people of God. But they did also get together and attend an actual service. I think that matters. I, I, really, I, think it, I think it does. So church is step one in how to connect. Step two, fellowship. Fellowship. What do I mean when I say fellowship? Well, let's go back to the verse. What does it say? It literally says fellowship. So help me define that. What is fellowship? Somebody tell me. Right here. Like meals. meals. We're, we're going to get to that actually in just a second. But, but that can be definitely a part of any good fellowship. Yeah, Luke. Worshiping God, together. Worshiping God together. I love that. Somebody else. What is fellowship? A gathering, of a gathering of believers. I love what I'm hearing. You guys are almost over-spiritualizing it a little bit. In the back, Peter. Yeah, that, that's a good answer too. Anybody else? What does it mean to fellowship? Yep. Just hang out together. That's like the baseline. Everything you guys said was good. It was. But if we want to connect with people, you have to hang out. Like literally just get together and hang out. So now I'm going to change the question. What do you like to do when you hang out? Somebody tell me. Preferably it has to be church appropriate. Okay, so let's. This is being recorded for later, so. What? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, you graduates see me after. What do you do when you hang out with your friends? Go hiking. Go hiking in the back. You scream music in your car, okay? In the very back, Cole. Pickleball. Does anybody play pickleball? We're always looking for more people. We've been bitten by... Do you really play? I've been bitten by the pickle bug. Pickleball bug? Anyway, words. Um, okay, playing sports, yeah. What else? Sleep, okay? <laughs> Moving past that, Ryan. Going out to eat. Hey, okay, right here. Write music. That's awesome. Like, I could not do that, but there are people out there who could do that with you. Last one right here in the back. Games. Yeah. Who likes to play board games? Video games. Making up games. I don't know. Signs, yeah. So, hear me. Listen. 
If you want to connect with people, and if you're a person who's sitting here, you're like, hey, I really struggle to do this. I struggle to get connected with people. Find some people who have some common interests. Like, that is typically what we unite around, fandoms. Like, whatever you're, maybe you're a Star Wars fan, and like, those are your people, the Star Wars people. Or maybe it's sports, like you're a big Clemson Tiger fan for some reason, who knows why. But um, that's your thing, you're friends with all the Clemson people. Or maybe, it could be any number of different things. But you find some people and you hang out and you do stuff together that you enjoy. That's how we can connect. Like, don't hyper-spiritualize what the Bible is saying here. They just got together and hung out. And that's good. And that can be God-honoring. You don't always have to get together and go, all right, guys, it's time for our five-hour prayer vigil. People probably don't want to come and do that with you. But if you say, hey, let's go shoot basketball, you probably get some people here. Speaking of which... Next Sunday night, for those of you who like to play basketball, we're going to stick around a little bit after. Normally at like 6.30, I'm like, get out of here. I got to go home and help put my kids to bed. But next Sunday night, if you want to stay and play, and last time we had like two dozen people just sitting here watching, laugh at me, miss shots, we're going to hang out for like an hour, hour and a half after high school ministry. So stick around, play some basketball. Those of you who are fist bumping right now, if you've got friends who don't have a place where they're connected, invite them. We're not going to play like non-Christians versus Christians or something like that. We just want to hang out. We just want to be friends. That's what we're trying to do. Step three, how to connect. Meals. Who said meals earlier? Was that you? You're a man after my own heart. I like that. Hey, if you invite somebody just to sit down and have a meal, that's awesome. Just sitting across from somebody, breaking bread, as they say, is awesome. It doesn't have to be bread. It can be a biscuit. Jason Bergeron and I I have sat down and had many a biscuit together. Bacon, sausage. It's, It's good. I've seen some of you guys go out afterwards to ice cream station. Like, it's good. Sitting and having a meal together. Now, let's look back at the scripture. It says that they would gather and share in meals, including the Lord's Supper. So, yes, there was a Christ remembrance piece to this. There was also a, let's just get together and eat some good food. Is anybody here a good cook? Like, have some confidence. Own your stuff. Now, put them way up there. Don't do this half. If you're a good cook, raise your hand. Look around. These are the people you want to hang out with. All right, all right, hands down. Hey, if your mama or your grandma or somebody at your house is a good cook, put your hand up. Okay, okay, if somebody at your house is a good cook, like your dad is killer on the grill, your mom makes a mean pie. Hey, listen to me, listen, listen, listen. If you struggle to connect, invite people to have a good meal. And if nobody in your house can cook, like you you eat a bunch of frozen TV dinners, that's cool. Go out and get some good food. We've got a million great restaurants in Greenville. Just sitting down and having a meal with somebody. And it may be a little bit awkward. You're just sitting there and you're not really talking. Here's what I think people tend to do around meals. And they're just, get off your phones and connect with a human being. Look them in the eyes. Have a conversation. It can be that weird, awkward, so this weather, what do you think? Oh, man. Start somewhere. Just, Just sit down and have a meal with somebody. I think it can be a great, great thing. The last thing that this verse talks about is prayer. So that's number four on your handout, how to connect prayer. Now you may think this is weird, like I just, I pray before I go to bed, Kevin, like I'm not inviting somebody to that. Okay, I get it. You can do that by yourself. But again, let's go back to the model of the early church. It says that these people got together and prayed. Raise your hand if you've ever had someone tell you they'll pray for you. Okay? Keep your hand up if they prayed for you right there. Okay, a fair amount of you. 
Here's what I believe. I think very well-intentioned people, including me, including you, will say, oh, I'd love to pray for you about that. Okay, bye. And you walk away, and you forget completely about it. Try praying for somebody right then. I'm having a tough time. Things are rough at home. Things are rough at school. Hey, can I pray for you right now? They may freak out and be like, no. Okay, well, I'm going to pray for you later anyway, but, you know. Pray for people right then. Get together and share the things you're concerned about. Just pray for each other. We do small groups, community groups. Call them whatever kind of groups you want after the message. So freshmen, if you're here, you're like, do I have middle of the week groups? Do I have after service breakout groups? You got groups, okay? I can't keep up with all the names. We got groups right after this. And I always provide questions for your leaders. And that's great. You can sit and go through and answer every one of them. Or you can just sit together and go, here's what's going on in my life. Could y'all pray for me? That is one of the most valuable things you can do to connect with people. And when somebody tells you, here's what's going on in my life, could you pray for me? Pro tip, jot a note down on your phone. Put a reminder. Hey, let me text so-and-so on Tuesday. How's that situation going? You said your mom was having surgery. How's she doing? Pray for people. It matters. It can make a huge, huge difference. Let's keep reading a little bit more of this passage. Uh, So that's the end of verse uh, 43. Uh, A deep sense of awe came over all of them, The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Don't miss this. Like, these people lived a generous life. It's one thing to say, like, yeah, I'll share what I got with you. It's another thing to say, hey, you don't have? Let me go sell some of the stuff I have, and I'm going to take the profits and the proceeds to then be able to bless and help you. That's the selflessness that they had in their community. So, what am I asking you to do? Well, if you know somebody who needs something and you got a little extra, help them out. And if you need something, and this is hard, and I, I'm, like, I would preach directly into a mirror if I could right now. If you need help, get around some people that you can ask for help. Ooh, I'm really bad at asking for help. When we moved to Greenville, Brookwood gave me a stipend to help relocate my family. I could have asked my friends. I could have hired a moving company. I moved everything I owned from Columbia to Greenville by myself. My wife got so mad at me. It took so many trips. She's like, why didn't you ask for help? I'm prideful. I don't like to ask for help. And I'll ask, I'll ask you all the time, how can I pray for you? I am not very good at going to somebody and saying, hey, this is what I've got. Can you, can you pray for me? I'm just being honest. And you might struggle with that too. Hey, we're having a hard time right now. Could you help us out? We're not good at that. The early church, this was a fundamental part of what they did. They saw, hey, you need something? I've got something. Let me help you out. Or let me connect you with somebody else who can. This is how we connect. We take care of each other. We're selfless. And you may be going, okay, I get it. I should be in church. I should be hanging out with people. I should be having good food together, praying for each other. What, what, okay, so like, what's, what's the first thing I do when I leave here? Just start. Like, there's no magical, you don't have to walk out of here and wait for the clouds to part and the sun to beam down and the Spirit of God to, like, give you the warm tinglys in your finger. Like, just go start. This is something we used to say at my old church. Give someone the gift of going first. Give someone the gift of going first. If you've ever been sitting in a small group scenario and it's just really awkward and no one's talking, but then that one person opens up, right? They share just a little something, and then the next person will, and then the next person will. Somebody has to be willing to go first. Give that gift to somebody. Go first. Uh, my wife, I don't think my wife would mind me sharing this. Like, one of the things we, we used to talk about when we lived in Columbia 
is Julie struggled because she felt like she always had to be the person who initiated all the hangouts with her friends. And again, maybe you feel that way. And she would just get so mad, and, and I'm very loving and gentle. <laughs> One day I was just like, hey, maybe that's just the role God gave you in your group of friends. She's like, why would you say that to me? I was like, I mean, because it's maybe true. I don't know. And listen, don't always rely on that one person, but I'm telling you, just initiate. Take a step. And yeah, maybe it'll be awkward or weird. Just try. Give someone the gift of you going first. Approach them. Don't sit back and feel like, nobody came and talked to me. Did you go talk to anybody? That church isn't very friendly. Did you, did you try? Did you honestly try? I'm not saying every church is friendly. I've been to some churches too where it's like, ugh, I'm not coming back here. I don't think Brookwood's one of those places. I don't. I think we got good people here. I think we're pretty good at loving one another. But sometimes we throw up some walls and we disconnect. And I think God is calling us to, to lean in and connect, not only with him, that's the most important thing, but with each other. When you get in with some people who love Jesus, that's going to help you connect more with Jesus. It doesn't have to always be your private quiet time, your private prayer time. Do those things with people. So when we go to groups here in just a few minutes, think about that. Think about just asking somebody, hey, would you do this with me? Give them that gift of going first. I'm going to invite the band to come back. This is always the time where everybody's like, who's in the band? Let me start looking around. Um, but I want you to, to think for just a second. What step is God asking you to take? Because whether you've been following Jesus for a long, long time, or whether you've been following Jesus for a very short period of time, or whether you are not following Jesus at all, I think all of us have a step that we can take. I, I look at my own life, and I, I get it wrong, I think, more than I get it right. Where I have been blessed is God has continuously put wonderful men and women into my life to speak truth, to challenge me, to ask me to reconsider things. I have been, I'll be 36 this month. I've been following Jesus for literally half my life. I was 18 years old. And y'all, I've messed up a lot of stuff. And, and maybe, maybe you have too. But I am thankful that God always forgives. He always is there to extend grace and mercy. And he has put people in my life to show me that grace and mercy. My wife is the most gracious person I've ever met. I'm a very rough around the edges person. If you ever see me stuck in traffic, you are liable to see some of that. Uh, I'm very quick to get angry. I'm working on it. But I'll, I'll be sharp. I'll say something that I know I shouldn't have. And I'll go back to my wife. I'll say, hey, can you forgive me? She's like, oh, yeah, I already did. And I'm like, how? I'm still mad at me about it. And you've already. But I've got good people in my life who are helping me connect more with Jesus. They're showing me what Jesus looks like. And if you don't have that, I just want to encourage you, take a step to start pursuing that tonight. And if you're sitting there like, I don't even know about this whole Jesus thing. I want to know more. Ask somebody. Ask any adult in this room. And we'll help get you connected there. Let me pray for us, and the band's going to give us some time to reflect. God, we love you. Thank you so much that you loved us enough to send your son Jesus to die for us. Thank you that you long to connect with us through your Holy Spirit. Father, if there is one person under the sound of my voice who doesn't know you, I pray that you would begin to stir within their spirit, God, within their soul, and draw them to you, if there's someone sitting here who feels so alone, so disconnected, so on their own, I pray, God, that you would just help them to take steps to connect with people, simple steps, having food, hanging out, playing games. I pray you would give us the, the courage, give us the awareness to see people who need a place to connect and go and find them. 
God, I just pray that as we take the next few minutes to reflect, to, to seek your face, would you just show each of us from adults all the way to the newest freshman in this room what step you would have us to take. We love you and we commit this time to you. It's in Christ's name we pray.